Welcome to Art & Company. I'm Alette Simmons-Jimenez, a Miami-based artist and your host on the program. Thanks for joining me where we have great conversations in the company of amazing people who drive and support the arts that shape our city. Here's today's episode. Well, hold on just a minute before we start. I want to mention that after a 10-month pause to adjust to life with the pandemic, we're back. I was inspired at the suggestion of my friend, curator and project director, Grela Orihuela from episode 30. She put forth the idea to do something a bit different than our usual setup. We went on site to the Sagmore Hotel, renowned as an art hotel in these parts. There, her team has put together several beautiful exhibits, in particular, Everyone has a story to tell, and this is it. Here we are at the Sagmore Hotel, uh, sitting in the middle of one of the exhibits uh, being held over Miami Art Week. Um, the Art Week that shouldn't have happened, probably, but did happen because we all cannot stop making art and showing art. Truth. So uh, here we are. And I'm sitting today with uh, three people that are responsible for putting this uh, great show together. One is uh, Grella Orihuela, which maybe you people know from an episode, I believe, 30? Just recently we, we talked, so here we are again with her. Pre-pandemic we talked. Yeah, pre-pandemic we spoke, and um, the uh, second person is Maggie Cuesta, and then we have Gabrielle Newman. They're going to each talk a little bit about themselves and how the show came about. So let's start with um, Grella. Tell us. Well, I'll tell you how the show came about. Um, Ronit Newman, who is Gabrielle's mom, um, has been keeping the tradition going of doing the brunch every art fair week. This is the 19th year. And um, when they purchased the hotel from the Taplins, she continued that tradition, and this year she just kind of didn't know how she was going to do that. And um, we have a mutual friend, Maggie, she and I, named Juan Lumier, who is a partner at Greenberg Traurig, who's a very big art supporter and collector. And they were at a dinner together, and she mentioned to him that she wanted to do something, but didn't know what it could be. And he said, you need to call Grella. And I had never met her, and I'm, you know, now, Two months later, we're sitting here and we're like all a big family because this is a family-run hotel and Maggie and I sort of by de facto became part of that family too yes. because um, it just was very, very intense to figure out what to do and how to do it. And, you know, she said no to nothing. I mean, every time we had an idea, she'd say, okay, let's see if that works. And she kept referring to everything as the silver lining. Let's find the silver lining in this situation. We may not be able to do it the way it's always been done, but we can do it somehow, some way. If you have you know, the will and the resilience, and of course, following all safety rules and, and all guidelines and just doing everything on a smaller scale, um, it worked, it worked. I was actually telling someone last night that I, I just, there, I know there are art fairies out there, but I know that there's one that watches over me <laughs> because I just can't believe how beautifully this turned out this week. The weather was perfect, the energy was great. We did the dinner, the AFFM dinner on Wednesday night, and we featured art, fashion, food, and music, and every single one of those elements came off just beautifully. The, it was just a delicious meal, and the music was great, and there was live musicians, and people were dancing, and you go, wow, I haven't danced in nine months. 
this is fun. Right. And um, so, you know, all the events have, have just gone off really beautifully. The artists all attended, you know, that, that evening's cocktail hour. And then yesterday, the brunch happened on a much smaller scale, but it happened. And the energy was wonderful there, too. But then the other thing that happened was the, these exhibits, and they happened on a much larger scale. Um, there's over 150 works in these shows, and, um, you know, all featuring Miami artists, which couldn't make us happier. I mean, you know, that's what we wanted to do once we realized we could do something. It was about doing it to support our own community and, you know, just really highlight our own brilliant talent that lives in this city. And uh, it's it's just exquisite to look yeah, around. Yeah, I'm just gonna interject uh, here. Um, I'm one of the artists in the show. <laughs> <Full> disclosure. <laughs> so I have, I have firsthand uh, 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 info, <laughs> and I have to say that you know, moving around the city during this pandemic, you see all kinds of things, and you see some really disrespectful things on the streets that people are not respectful of each other, not wearing their masks, but. In this hotel, I have to say that it has been great. I, feeling of confidence of, of um, you know, that I'm not taking a huge risk because people are wearing the masks, people are distancing. There's a lot of setups uh, as you move through the hotel that you can, you know, uh, increase your your um, your security too <laughs> with you know washing your hands and and distancing and arrows to go this way and that way it's, it's very it's been set up really well and it's been you know setting it up as one thing but being able to enforce it in a, a respectful manner to clients is not that easy but i've seen it with my own eyes it's happening so it's one of the places and you have the outside you have the the benefit of being able to have the big well, I should have mentioned the events were all outside. Oh, <laughs> yeah, should have mentioned yeah. that. But yes, so the brunch is always out. Like it's right. yeah, but they were all outside. Not everybody has come to the brunches that will be listening and things like that. That's and, true. And it is always been outside. Yeah. And I was there, and it was really nice. It was just such. Yeah, a, it was. It didn't have to be like over the top crazy. You know, it was just nice. It was yeah. a great thing to be able to attend. For me, there's a couple of things. I'm Maggie Cuesta. I was the former dean of visual arts for New World. So one was working with Guella, which we've worked a lot in the past together. She was great supporter of New World and fundraising with student, current students, alumni work. Um, so that was just a plus that we got to work together. Uh, but another thing was it's just the beauty of seeing so many of the alumni and some and some of the faculty that are so successful today and coming back into the hotel and you know I, I work you know I knew them for many years ago and got to see them again so that it was almost like a coming home reunion and then I got to know a lot of new artists which I wasn't as involved before in the community in that aspect so that was a, a great beauty to what all we've done. It was it was a little crazy. Grayla and I are both kind of <laughs> overachievers and we, we drove the Sagamore people a little crazy. Uh, but I knew that once we commit to something, it's nice working with someone and the, the staff here and, and Gabby and her family, that once you commit, you're gonna do it no matter what to the, to the best of your abilities and to the best that it can be. And we had 60 days. We did all of this in 60 days. And we did a whole branding campaign for two shows. We, you know, we did a catalog. We did 
the signage, the invitations, the mask, you know, then you start going, oh, there's masks, there's this, there's the wristbands, t-shirts. <laughs> um, so we, we did all of it, but that was what was great. I felt like energy creative again, you know, after being in administration right. all these years. So there was a lot of components that came together that could really fail. Yeah. And I think all the components came together that we all worked so beautifully together. The artists were very, you know, they agreed with everything. Grella made a schedule for them. They showed up on time. They put their work up. So everything came together. And mm -hmm. it's great to see. Normally yeah. it's not that yeah, you did have to do things differently. It's like sometimes you have all the artists come at once and it's fun that everyone's hanging together, but you couldn't do that this time. You know, you had to, first of all, we have to be respectful that this is a hotel and that the front has to be for hotel guests as well. So everyone got a time to come so that they unloaded um, at a certain time and then they hung their work at a certain time and also so that all the artists would be socially distanced from each other. So it just added another component of, of scheduling and of event planning that doesn't have to happen most of the time, but it did this time. And, you know, there's, there's over 30 artists in the show and there's over 150 works and it all came together. That's why I'm saying that there's just a higher power out there yeah. who's just going, yeah, you get to do this this time. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's so hard not seeing these people that you haven't seen in what? months and months and not <laughs> hugging, you know, <laughs> you, know. you just have to go like, hi, I'll throw a kiss from far away, you yeah. know. And you do a funny little dance. <laughs> yeah, it's so hard to get used to it, to move the new life we're living, yeah. but it, you know. But, it, you know, it, it really did work. Um, I was here installing, and the help from the hotel was amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, kudos to the hotel, yeah. because they were just great. I really liked those guys. <laughs> we got lucky with an amazing staff. Yeah. They truly are. We work as one team and one family, and it, it really is like that. They're it works. incredible. Yeah, you got you, you have some great team. And, um, and I'll tell you also, to all of the three of you, um, when I was here installing, I found out later that there were several other artists here. I didn't even see them while <laughs> they were here. So it was very well timed and scheduled, and you know the capacity uh, of how many people you wanted in. You know it worked. So let's move on to Gabrielle Newman. Tell us about yourself. Where you come from? How you ended up in the hotel? Um, so I actually my grandfather actually purchased the hotel around four years ago now. And I was working in New York in the city for Marriott in a different hotel. And I kind of, he kind of kept saying, how are you working somewhere else and not, <laughs> not being with the rest of the family and working here. Um, I work alongside my cousin, who's a general manager, and my mother, who's the art director. So it really is a family effort. Um, my uncle handles the operations and we're truly all really involved. And I think after a few phone calls, I finally made the choice that I, it's the right thing to do and I wanted to be part of the team and part of the experience and it's something that, one, this being an art hotel, that was like a crazy benefit to be able to be kind of put in such a position where I was able to learn so much more about the art and the just this whole world of, it's amazing and I, it's like was the best decision to kind of move down here and to be part of it all and it's something that I always I mean my grandma paints and my mom paints and my mom went to FIT and it's just something we've always been brought up with and we've always been into art and loved it as a family 
So to be able to be art manager here is incredible and just working alongside these two amazing women who are teaching me so much and it's just been a pleasure. So I now work here as the art manager, the marketing and PR manager as well and events. Yes, it goes on and on. <laughs> a few other things, yes. When we say family operator, we truly mean we multitask. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing. Well, it's really nice to see um, the, the history of the Sagmore as an art hotel continue. And I think that, you know, uh, for you guys, this has been like, um, well, like a homecoming for our local artists. You know, it's extremely <laughs> important to yeah. my mom to kind of keep that whole art going. And we felt like it, it's always been a place for the community. And it's just such an iconic, it's in such an iconic hotel with such a history that we felt it was the only way to do it was the only right way to do it was to continue with it and to continue the tradition and to that's why even this week it was it was so important for us to make sure that we're doing something for our week and supporting the community in some way mm -hmm. and she really likes to look at it as, as it's a platform for for the community and we really try to work with all different organizations and artists and ones that are local and known to ones that are not known at all and just starting off so mm -hmm. it's also I mean it's been incredible for me to see just the different artists yeah. getting well, to know and them. I had people come up to me that night saying that they felt so happy to be somewhere celebrating an event an art show for, after so long of not even getting out. Everybody kept saying, oh, just thank you for tonight because at least it made us come. You know, we came, we, we got to see art, we got to, you know, be far away but with people at the same time. So I think it gave everyone like a, a fresh start, like a starting over, you know, right. like a rebirth almost. Well, and to look at that. art in person, there's oh, nothing so like it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, <laughs> Is that anything we've learned that? We, I yes. Something because, that comes from everything that you yeah. absolutely, because, you know, we're in this industry, we're in this business. I've, I don't know how many art fairs I've had to, quote unquote, attend online because it's part of what I do yeah. for a living. And right. eventually you just can't look at another day's exactly. head. Because right. this hotel is big and because this, these exhibits are open 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the next, you know, until February of 2021, people can come at their leisure and just, you know, just take a stroll and engage. And yeah. there are, there's a catalog that Maggie designed and then Gabby put together the online version so that everyone can go online and purchase there. And let's say again, that a portion of the sales goes to support the art, my, you know, the, the, the community, community here. So there will yeah. be programs that are workshops and there'll be donations to nonprofits and to, and to museums and institutions. We want to activate the space in January and February by having talks mm -hmm. and you know, you have yeah. budgets for those things, so there's a portion of the sales that goes to all of that so that we can continue. Because I think that what Ronit was very, very, very smart in knowing is that you have to do something. And what that something is, you'll discover as you go along. I mean, you know, we went through many iterations of what that dinner was going to be before oh, yes. it became what it was. Mm -hmm. And but you have to try something and that starts to teach you what your new normal will be. Right. Because anyone who thinks that we're just gonna sit here and wait for another 250 booths to come into an enormous tent or convention center anytime soon is oh. kidding themselves. You know, all these fairs that didn't come, I feel terrible, mm -hmm. but you know, when you, when you do something, I mean, the design district did something too and had pop-ups and you have to start to just reinvent how we all well, convene yeah. and how we all engage with art because it isn't, if we just sit and wait for, for it's, yeah. it's not going to be 
I mean, I, so, I, I have to say, I, I read an article online, which we've all read a million of them. <laughs> mm -hmm. But this was so interesting because it said, how about let's focus not on what we can't do. Let's focus on what we, what we, what can, we can do and what's safe and how you can do it mm -hmm. and how you should do it. And I thought that was wonderful because there is a lot you can do. Exactly. You know, there is exactly a lot you can right. do that now we know that we didn't know in the beginning. Trying, yeah. you know, new ideas, new things. Mm -hmm. Some are very oh, pushes innovation. Right. <laughs> Being creative. It's, yeah. It's that new creative yeah. normal, you know. Yeah. Well, that's great. We definitely got very creative this year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was very, it was very essential in this team effort to stay completely flexible and fluid in, in how we approach things. And we sat down one day to have this discussion and, and now we look back and go, do you remember how this all started? Because it's not what we wound up doing, but it, it was a progress, it was process. Huh. And it's we all process. learned from it and we all know what to do next and what to do differently and what to do again. And that's the important part because in order to keep this alive and keep supporting each other, we have to figure out how to do it like this yeah. and this this is a great platform as, as Gabby said because like I said look at the size of this hotel and you can just come in and just be here with this yeah. art and look at it close up and hear it and you know just look at the details it's really you know, and then you magical. have a staff working mm -hmm. behind the scenes that's keeping it all like yep. that. it's perfect for right. art it really right. is. well then I think that what we'll do now is talk to a couple of the artists. It's I always such a treat to speak with you. Yeah. And you've got some great artists waiting in the wings to tell you a thing or two. Yeah. <laughs> thank, you thank, so much, you. thank you Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. And thank you to the Sagmar. Thank you <laughs> for being part of the show. Yeah, we're going to talk to the first person up. It's going to be um, Gavin. And Gavin will introduce himself. And these are going to be different than anything you've ever like heard on my podcast previously but it's going to be fun it's sort of like a thing that's called five minute rounds where everybody will talk just for five minutes so, we can... <laughs> so here we go here's gavin gavin tell us your full name where you come from uh, hi my uh my name is gavin perry uh, i was born and raised in philadelphia the tyler school of art Graduated uh, in 96 and moved to Miami. I've been living and working in Miami ever since. So tell me about what exactly do you focus on in art? Uh, I mean, currently I'm actually developing a new body of work, but I think it uh, is an extension of sort of my, my historical practice, if you will. Uh, it's pretty rigorous, uh, process-oriented. Uh, I've been working on some cast resin sculptures. Uh, they sort of were developed out of... Uh, uh, paintings that I was making by using sort of the runoff resin and the various buckets that I used to mix it up. Uh, sort of art was creating, you know, one project was creating another project. I think my f interest right now is, is indexing passages of history, uh, more, you know, most specifically uh, my process, my daily practice in the studio. Uh, so the bu buckets, the, the, the vessels that I uh, create are data sets, if you will. Um, if I'm talking about influences, I mean, I think currently I've been looking at a lot of uh, mid-century furniture and, and specifically looking at the rhythms of, the, of that geometry, uh, you know, sort of Judd-inspired, minimalist-inspired. Uh, and at the same time, I mean, I'm, an, I'm an abstract painter, uh, so it's not, you know, in that sense, it's not minimal. It's uh, uh, really handmade. And, uh, I guess it's 
just the angles. Yeah, like you yeah. said, the angles, the, the forms are like these minimal forms, but then they're packed full of energy. Mm -hmm. Let me start. Firstly, I've been working with resin for 20 some odd years. Uh, I primarily use resin as a method to make paintings, which is maybe counterintuitive to what the actual medium is. It seems to be, to me, to be more of a sculptural thing. Uh, and I think that was part of the reason why I used resin. I wanted, didn't want to make paintings that were paintings. I wanted to make paintings that were sculptures or sort of could cross over those, those kind of things. Uh, somewhere along the line, I started to actually make physical sculptures with, with this material. And, you know, I, that's, <laughs> conversely, I se seem to think, I seem to feel like I'm making paintings within the sculpture. So these are sort of <laughs> daily histories of, of different uh, different days of painting. Uh, different moments. Yeah, different, different moments. Yeah. And, and they're, packed, they're packed in. I mean, I, I get to experience them where maybe, you know, somebody viewing it from the outside doesn't get to experience the same thing, but I believe that the, there's a, an energy that gets packed in with that history, with that passing history. For me, it's tricky to say, like, I mean, I feel like my work is really self-reflexive. I think it's, you know, in a sense, self-indulgent, but I think it provides, you know, I think it also provides a, a, an access point for other yeah. people, you know, but, but again, I'm in, in the studio, uh, you know, specifically with this pandemic, uh, that isolate like that isolation wasn't foreign to me. The idea of just being alone and in your and in your space wasn't foreign at all. And in fact, it was really heightened by you don't have a choice. You know, you're, you're not running out to yeah. go have coffee with your friend. You're yeah. not. You know, <laughs> this is what you're doing. And, and you, you know, it's not a uh, romantic to say, but it. But but yes, this is about sort of my survival or how I'm how I'm you know processing. You know, it's my about day to day. work, and, and yeah. I, I mean, I don't know, I came to the realization, you know, it's just about work like every day, mm -hmm. except that now you can work more. Right, and right. And you can focus better. Right, right. So, take advantage of it, you know, and, and that's what I've been doing. But anyway, well, I have one question left okay. for you. What, what's coming? What's upcoming for you? Uh, well, I'm going to continue to explore uh, this, this sort of new work, which is... Uh, building these kind of interpretations of, of mid-century furniture, and not as furniture per se, but as, as methods of display or, or uh, pedestals in a sense. Uh, I've been looking at a lot of Stan Whitney, Whitney's work recently. He's a former professor of mine, and he, you know, he speaks about uh, like the sort of power of line, uh, the power of color, and how to, <coughs> how to have those things uh, equal out. And that sort of kicked me into this, this new body, if you will, so yeah, uh, more of that. More of that. Um, expand, you know, expanding on that uh, in terms of like exhibitions or shows. Don't really have anything lined up in, in particular, um, but really enjoying my time in the studio. Yeah. yeah. Well, great. And just for the listeners, um, all of the artists will have images of their work cool. on our Instagram account. So because we're talking about something visual, yep. and we have to let people see what it is. So you can all go there and, and check out what he just spoke about and, Thank and you. see his work. And it was great talking to you. Thank you. So now we're going to have a little five-minute chat, give or take, with Christina. Christina, introduce yourself. Uh, hi, uh, my name is Christina Le Rodriguez. I am uh, a Miami artist, born and raised here. I went away for school. I went to uh, Vermont to Middlebury College for undergrad and then California College of Arts in San Francisco for graduate school. Um, and I was fortunate to move back to Miami in late 2003, which was kind of when Art Basel was really starting to happen here and shows were happening and the DIY spirit of San Fran and my grad program kind of 
just made me ready to kind of make things happen here and join a lot of like-minded people. And uh, I've been proud to be part of the Miami Art community since. What year was that? 2003. 2003. Yeah. So things were really starting percolating, you know, yeah. at that time. Um, I think it was the, there's a lot of interest in what the local scene was. And right. there's a lot of people right. working who, you know, it's actually been one of the pleasures of this show for me to see a lot of people that I've known for a long time and have watched their work and enjoyed their work and their their language and just seeing how their work evolves and right, being and able to see together that. again with them after well after this nine months and but in some cases even yeah. longer because we all with with Miami kind of booming in the arts and all that you tend to sometimes see people less often absolutely everybody's so busy yeah <laughs> so it's kind of nice to have this like and just listening to Gavin talk and I, just from other artists that I've seen a lot of people had work that they made inspired by this time of isolation or um, quarantine that made a shift in their career or created a new body of work. So it's also been nice to yeah. be able to have that com those conversations and right. see what people are up right. to. So, so tell us what your particular studio focus is. My work uh, over time really has been um, inspired by nature and the cycle of life in nature. And um, I really think of it as being influenced by growing up in Miami where nature is not totally natural. And that is part of my perspective on nature as well. So. Very huge perspective. You have that identity in your work that it is a bit supernatural. It really is a beautiful take on it. Um, it's just really, I think, just like a sensibility that's sort of ingrained in me. And, um, and it's often, even though my work takes many different forms, sometimes I really, the beginning of my practice really identified as being primarily a sculptor, but now I really do a lot of different things. And one thing that I think my work always has or is kind of where I feel like something is done is where it's reached this balance of being both natural and artificial at the same time. Um, where those things are kind of working together and in conflict at the same time. Okay. I think I, I try to mimic something or understand something um, through trying to recreate it or make it in my studio or kind of think something through through a process. And um, during the last couple months, I think that has been also part of the work that I've made during this time. Do you have a story? Because the title of the yeah. exhibit is Everyone Has a Story yes. to Tell. So do you have <laughs> a little story that we can tell? I do. So in this show, I have a print and I have a window installation, which is a, a digital image that I created that's printed on a transparent vinyl in the window of the entrance to the hotel. And the wor works that I have in the show are part of a series of works that I've been making during this time of, of pandemic, um, which in a general sense is called digitizing the phenomenon of nature. And I've been really trying to think about the way that our lives have become so digitized and how there are things that are lost that we all feel it and just trying to understand what that is. I've watched my kids go through virtual school, meetings go virtual, we talk to family virtually, and I think there's been a really, 
a sense of just how that's not the same as real. I, even earlier when Grella was talking, we one of the things that have come out of pandemic is the importance of seeing a work in person. Right. And so I think that goes the same with this idea. And so I have a practice that I've been doing over the last 10 years where I use my scanner as a way to make um, kind of a combination of what is a photograph and a, a digital collage. I put my sculptural objects onto my scanner and take a really high-res image. And those images become uh, an archive for me, but I also pull for them for a lot of different kinds of projects, a lot of different installations. From this series, I also did a series of five really large-scale murals in the design district. I saw those. Beautiful. Thank you. I'm really excited about yeah. them. Um, and they're all, these works are all of uh, plant life, orchids, and I really was inspired by learning about uh, the Million Orchid Project through Fairchild, where they're trying to reintroduce native orchids back into Florida, and I did a lot of research on the history of that. And also just thinking about my family's own connection with gardens and plants. And I think just also being at home, it was like the place where I had to go to to get a source for inspiration was my garden or my outside of my parents' house. And they, my parents were, my mom's from Hawaii, my dad is from Cuba, and they have always been orchid collectors. So it was just a way of sharing a conversation with them about a distraction and also just thinking about the life cycle of those plants. So I started putting them onto my scanner and I was also really interested in trying to capture light. So I did a lot of works. The series in the design district are really based on this where I was doing the scans at sunrise and the image is a long exposure essentially. So the scanner takes 30 minutes to 40 minutes to scan. So in that time, the sun would rise or the light would change and that would be captured captured in the background of the image and the images are not photoshopped so it's it's almost like a recording and in that process there's been a lot of things that have been revealed i'm really interested in the way the work the objects get abstracted in the image the colors that come out are always a surprise and um, i've been really thinking a lot about trying to capture light um, as just something that you know i guess just it's just emotionally i feel like i keep getting attracted to it or trying to understand you know looking at chaos in nature or looking the way that things grow and die in the process almost of like bending the light kind of from from like you said capturing from sunrise to as long as it takes to you know the sun moves and changes the light that's super interesting so Thank you so much. Thank you. And Thank you for um, her works will also be, some <laughs> images will be on our Instagram account. And we're going to move on to um, uh, Beatrice and come on over here. <laughs> so how are you? Um, hi, how are you doing? Good. Um, you want to introduce yourself um, to everybody, please? Yes, hi. My name is Beatrice Montiavaro, and I'm showing in this exhibition as yeah. well. I'm. Uh, Born in Cuba, uh, came when I was two years old. I've lived in Miami most of my life, um, except when I went to school in Philadelphia, Tyler School of Art, and I live and work. Back to, came back to Miami. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you also you have another career too, right? In music. Um, yeah, I'm also a, a musician and uh, play drums in uh, Holly Hunt and uh, uh, Savic now as well. I um, mean those the the two things um, 
or related and actually the music thing feeds my uh, visual art yeah. uh, quite a bit. I was going to ask, how does that, like, how does they come together? Is it a good thing? I guess it's a good thing. Um, ab absolutely. Um, I mean, I haven't really thought about this specific thing I'm going to say to you right now, but even as far back as like being in the fourth grade, I was drawing like you know, like Peter Chris, like of Kiss, like his face over and over. So even then, I was mixing the two. Yeah, like doing sort of artwork about you know musicians or um, pop cultural. I mean, you know, Godzilla and stuff, you know, yeah. but I was a kid, but it, in some ways I'm still that kid and um, making work about um, science fiction and horror and you know, Disney World and um, rock bands or punk bands as how they kind of relate to me in a sort of abstract way, like there's sort of hidden meanings or something. Right. Like a, an echo of the music that you're... Yeah, and sometimes... Kind of like echoing each other, in a way. Yeah. Well, I've done work about, you know, like Churchill's Hideaway and, the, and the, the underground scene, and I've also done, like, flyers and t-shirt designs for, mm -hmm. you know... I got hired to do some shirts for the Go-Go's this year, okay. and so that was actually me making work for music people, yeah. you know, so... Yeah. It's a, it's a big circle, I don't know. So, um... Do you, um, well, tell me, tell, tell us a little bit more about your, your work, the actual, you know, the work in the, in the show, what it's like, how, where it came about. Um, I, I do a lot of 2D work, uh, like a lot of drawing um, and collage. I just started painting again recently, which is really exciting, and um, I'm enjoying uh, that, that process. Um, I, I do also make sculpture and installation uh, work. Um, as I said, like it, it does have uh, not all at the same time, but it often has uh, something to do with uh, music or science fiction or some mix of things or like you know like themed environment or um, you know something that I I I like and um, I'm drawn to. Um, the, the works here are like super colorful. All of your work is like that? Um, no, I have a lot of black and white work, um, yeah. a lot of black and white work, but I, I do really like color as well. Um, the, the work I have here uh, comes out of actually, like all of it I've done during the pandemic. It, uh, the, the shutdown, you know, the like staying home stuff, the, the sickness has all been really a bummer. and. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't even necessarily plan out to do Star Trek, you know, drawings and paintings, but um, it, it seemed like everything was so bad that like uh, the like Star Trek was a, like a hopeful, like you know, like I like Star Wars too, but Star Wars is space fantasy, like that's like a story, you know, that is just fiction, um, completely and made up, you know, princesses or whatever. But uh, Star Trek is supposed to be us, like in 200 years, you know. It's a it's a, a um, optimistic view of you know what we could be, and uh, it was helpful for me to you know concentrate on that, and then uh, having to wear masks and uh, find uh, a vaccine and stuff. There was actually a lot of uh, scenes or stills from the show that uh, directly related to what was going on, like you know Black Lives Matter and like civil unrest. So I had never thought about that. Before. 
in a way, it is like super hopeful. Yeah, yeah. I like work that, that is hopeful. It, that's my thing. But, you know, I, I, I see what you mean. I see what you mean because it could be, you know, let's hope that our future would be something like that. Yeah. We'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the fact that they're there still is, is pretty hopeful. But so do you have, you know, you may have already covered it. <laughs> But do you have a story that, uh, like, everyone has a story to tell, the title of this show? It was, you know, it was like the story of the summer, you know, like, there, there being the danger outside and having to uh, protect, you know, yourself from the, the poison and, uh, you know, work as a team and, you know, struggles. Um, this year for me, you know, yeah. like, in, in a way, but, you know, I thought, like, I thought, like, maybe maybe three months tops, right, yeah. you know? Here we are, you know, and adapting to this new way and, and things, and so it is uh, super surreal now, which fits that work. Especially, like, the colors are kind of very surreal looking. Yeah, that's, it's kind of new for me to be using um, these, like, uh, fluorescent colors, but uh, I'm yeah. enjoying it. Yeah. Well, and what, do you have any uh, projects going on in um, upcoming? Uh, um, not specifically, uh, you know, yeah. we're in a global but pandemic. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll create a project. Yeah, right now I'm working in the, in the space and um, I'm good with that. Well, thank you so much and... Um, thank you very much for that. Thank you for, for coming. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Under the circumstances, yeah. So we're going to move on now to Joyce, who is our, our last one. And Joyce. Hey, Alex. Thanks for coming. Tell everybody your full name and your where you come from. So my name is Joyce Billet, and um, I was born and raised in uh, Paris, France. I moved to Miami for a few years in my teenage years, and then went to school in New York and stayed there for the past 15 years. Oh, really? You've been in New York for 15 years? And we just recently oh. moved here with COVID. Oh, my. What part of New York? Uh, in the city, in Manhattan. In Manhattan? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that's New York. A lot of people left. I know, I know. A lot of people. It was a difficult decision to, yeah. to come here and, and make the move, but it's kind of nice to be back in a place that I have some sort of a connection to. And right. So 15 years in New York, do you go back to, well, did you used to go back a lot to Paris? Was it hard to adapt to living in the U.S.? Uh, I think the first year was very difficult, um, but uh, over time I got used to being here and especially I felt very lucky to be in Miami just because of the culture. It's so diverse here that I, I really felt uh, like I, I could connect with people that were going through the same uh, thing as me. So. Right. And in New York, you um, had a studio in the city somewhere, or did you work out of your apartment? Or So I had a studio in Long Island City, and uh, it's called Re Studios, and it's uh, a few artists in the same building, so it's a oh, nice cool. community. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's good. Well, so, and, so how are you finding the Miami community? I am so thankful. It's, yeah. it's so, I mean, everyone's been so welcoming. It's been only six months, um, uh -huh. and I, I got a studio at Fountainhead. Oh, you do? Yes. You are now at Fountainhead? Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, good. I know a lot of the artists there, too. Yeah, they've been so right. wonderful, yeah. and Catherine as well, and um, the, the whole Miami artist community. 
has um, I think been uh, been great, and I, I it feels like Miami is really a city that's still growing in the art world, and there's so much going on that it's a really a great yeah. place to be. There's a great here. community here if you look for it. And I think that's so important. Yeah, and um, so tell me about your work in the show. So and I have and what you normally do in your studio, what your focus is. Uh, so I focus on uh, merging the natural and digital, the hand and the machine, and the idea of uh, tradition and evolution. Um, so my work involves uh, very traditional materials, specifically wood, and I work with a laser cutter to um, burn material away and create dimensionality in my pieces. So the two pieces I have in this show, one of them called Coded, actually plays with the darkness and light, and it really reveals the fragility of the material. So you see um, there's a, a large black square that's very plain, and then at the bottom there's a light strip of wood that's been carved away and reveals um, the, the grain of the wood, the fragility of the material, and, and what's actually hidden between uh, that black paint and, and the canvas. Right. So when you when you cut into the wood, do you have any do you have a specific pattern, or is it more abstract or just um, random the marks that you make? So, um, because I like to work with both hand and machine, I always start by painting by hand on canvas. I do large paintings with brush strokes um, that are very abstract, and I then photograph them, and I work on them on the computer to create line work that will inform my next sculptural painting. And, and the, this graphic pattern will be what I use as a as a map almost to, to start my work. Right. Apart from the work here in the show, the rest of your work is similar to that. Basically, that is what your work looks like across the board. So there's, there's one piece in the show that's uh, very new to, to my practice. And um, it came about during COVID. I, I was working much more on the computer because I didn't have access to a studio. I kind of started thinking what, what are we feeling, what are we going through, and how can we express that physically? How can someone interact with a piece and, and feel what's going on in that, in that moment in our society? And um, I, I started working on an idea for an installation that was composed of um, seven panels with a mirror, and it played with the idea of uh, reflection um, darkness and light, but most importantly, the fact that when you see your reflection in those pieces, um, it really reflects what we're going through with the crisis of, of COVID. So, you know, we, every day we're on Zoom and we're not our full selves, we're not fully present. We have a fake background to blur whatever's going on behind right. us. We yeah. have, uh, we're muted to, to cancel out uh, noise. And, and then it, physically when we go out, we're putting on a mask that's hiding half our face. We can't properly talk to each other anymore. So I, I felt like that, um, mirror was really projecting a fragmented vision of ourselves and, and I, I think it's um, some sort of 
uh, impression of what we're going through it is. today. It's a, it's a secondary image, which is all we're looking at, secondary images, you know, like what we spoke about earlier. There's no substitute for looking at art <laughs> or looking at your friends, for that matter. And as far as like a, your own storyline that was, you know, like for this show, do you have a particular story that, uh, apart from what you've just told me, mm -hmm. that you'd like to say? So I think it's uh, really um, evoking uh, positivity and negativity. The ideas of the, the, the digital and nature and uh, somehow the, the, although it seems very um, far away from, uh, from the work, it's, uh, it, it reconnects to what we're going through today. And, I never thought about my work this way. It's kind of all came together now with uh, with this. I like that the idea of the negativity and positivity in your work, because not only as a theme, but also your process of making it. You know, you cut out and add to, and cut out again and add to, which is with the painting and the laser cutter and this and that. So you go from negative space to positive space. And Absolutely. And really have that in mind. That's very interesting. And it's a, a process where every layer um, reveals something, and it's uh, although it, it's uh, it's everything's programmed, there's still room for it to materialize differently, and and it really becomes a, a process, um, and that's what drives me to it is that every every piece will bring something else. Yeah. Um, that that makes me want to go further and continue to explore. So Joyce. If, are there projects you're working on right now for upcoming? I think my goal uh, now is uh, to try to focus on uh, public art. I, I have a background in architecture, mm -hmm. so I would like to be able to merge those um, two skills to create uh, larger installation work or work that really people can interact with. That's uh, very important for me. And uh, I'm, I'm working now on a few things to, to go in that direction and, and have a body of work that can be presented at a larger scale. Oh, interesting. Well, you'll keep us posted, right? And again, your work will be on, on our, our Instagram account so people can actually take a look at those mirror pieces and, mm -hmm. and the other ones. They're beautiful. I, I told you that before when I saw them. Yeah, so you're totally new. I didn't know your work before. So welcome to Miami. Thank you. <laughs> So thank you very much, and thanks to everybody. Um, we're going to say goodbye for now, and it was great being back on the podcast. Thanks a lot, everybody, for listening. And once again, thanks to everyone for tuning in. I think you'll agree that our guests make great company. We'd like to say thanks to the group Ghost for allowing us to sample their song. You're hearing it right now. Ice and Chili, our newest podcast music. We love it. For more details on Ghost, check out our website. Art & Company is recorded in the studio of artist Alette Simmons Jimenez. That's me, located just north of downtown Miami, where I record, edit, and produce all the episodes. Links to details on our guests from this episode and all others can be found on our webpage, artandcompanypodcast.com. You can also find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you like to listen. 
Make sure you rate us on iTunes and let us know what you think of the podcast. And of course, subscribe to make tuning into our next episode easy.